0: It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. You know, every week we continue to outdo ourselves <laughs> uh, by bringing voices to this space that. I, in my humble opinion, feel like need to be heard by every and anybody. And a lot of times it's folks I stumble upon uh, just by nature of really trying my best to make my Instagram as valuable as possible and not just a bunch of bullshit that's streaming past me on a daily basis. And in doing so, I stumbled upon Ms. Jody Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> And how exactly?
1: Like, what was the dot that? I'm trying us? to
0: remember how I came to you. It literally will just be like, like I feel like I have like a sixth sense where hmm. I'll just be like, that person looks like they got some shit to say, and
1: <laughs> like some scroll will, up, like stop. like
0: I'll just be like, oh wait, and then I'll follow and follow. I, I like I go down a rabbit hole, and then it's like, oh, only one time have I been wrong. Um, and, the, and the person was like, I don't usually charge for interviews. No, the person was like, I usually charge for interviews, but I'll do yours for free. And I was like, I, I, actually, don't do me no favors. You can we're keep good. that. You, you don't understand what's happening here, right? <laughs> yeah, the dynamics are not aligned. <laughs> so we should just let this go. However, in your case, I'm so appreciative that you were so responsive because I really do feel like it's imperative we have specifically a Black mother speaking to this issue because when it comes to LGBTQIA rights, particularly for kids, as we are seeing, there is a incredibly fervent effort being made to suppress, um, you know, the LGBTQIA community, but particularly we're seeing it now amongst children and parents. And there's a whole other level to that when you are also black. Yeah. Right. There's a whole other level to that. And I feel like it's really important to me to always have space for the uniqueness and the nuance of how like these spaces are also dealt with when you have blackness as a part of your, your identity. And Mm -hmm. um, you are very active in this, in the advocacy for, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community because you are the, actually, let me ask you this. Were you before? (laughs) Yeah. Because you, you do have a transgender son. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious, were you before, like, or was that the impetus? It
1: was, you know what it's, um, so I was not connected to the LGBTQI plus community before I wasn't standing arm in arm. I wasn't against it. I just wasn't next to it. Um, it wasn't something I was like thinking about gazing on. Um, of course I knew gay folks and, and lesbians, of course I, I knew bi folks. I absolutely did not know of anyone who was trans. I didn't know any parents who were raising trans kids. I didn't know anyone who was intersex. I didn't know anyone who was using the word queer as an identification marker. Um, my politics weren't against plus. I think I was still politically aligned but I wasn't really tuned in. Right. Um, and it wasn't until my, my, my kid said these really disruptive words. I'll never forget them. Mama. Everyone thinks I'm a girl and I'm not, I'm a boy. And that's when I, I, um, and I didn't have any language for my kid. I, mean, I, I literally didn't understand what the child was saying and I didn't have language for this person's identity. And so the first thing I thought was, and I probably just got like rattling off everything because because it's just no. so top, it's top of mind for me even ten years later. First thing I thought when my kids said I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, I thought lesbian. I thought uh, provocative, hard-willed, stand-up you, tomboy.
0: Right. You thought it was more descriptive of like behavior, attitude. attitude. attitude.
1: Yes. I thought even changemaker, but I was still not understanding. This was a, about identity and gender identity, and so when I realized, I just did not, and so I, I did not understand my own kid. And I said to my kid at the time, "How old?" However you, a three. Oh wow, three. Very verbal at three, and I said, "Well, however you feel, honey, is fine. You know, if you want to act like your brothers, go ahead and do that." And my 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 child said, "I don't feel like a boy. I am a boy." Right. So then we knew, okay, we're not talking And about in the it. line
0: because you have five kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where in the lineup? Third. So somewhat, okay. you know, the middle. But the um
1: the I I don't feel I am, I don't feel like I am a boy, uh, made me understand this is a concept that was bigger than what I was aware Equip, of.
0: Right. Yeah. And Did I Did you feel work, equipped And that's what I was gonna ask, like in that no. moment. No,
1: and I thought, you know, it's funny because I have never not thought about redefinition or self-definition. It's always something, as a woman, you know, and as a Black person, that it doesn't matter what people tell you about yourself. It's always about how you see yourself. Yes. You define yourself. But this kind of, like, self-definition that Pinnell was talking about scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I didn't, it didn't, it didn't line up initially in those split seconds with, like, Black power or women's liberation, Mm. it just felt like death. Why? Because that's all I had seen. Yeah. Think about it. You're looking at this is you know 10 years ago, which is a lifetime ago. This is before Pose, before Janet Mock. Yeah. Before Caitlin Jenner, before, you know, so all I saw was the Vern Cox. Yeah. All these like I women and people who have helped us to put language to things, right? Real things. Uh all I saw was Paris is burning. Yeah. documentary, right? Most yes. kids died. Um all I what I had been told was that Marsha B. You, Johnson like you, right. Yes. You die or you get addicted or you run in the streets like I just didn't have any I didn't have a full um story about this. Mm-hmm. And um so I thought death. I thought child is going to die. I thought family is not going to make it. I thought our black lineage was going to be like cut at the knees. I you know, I all the way panicked. Because that's what you do when you don't have, um, when your brain is like, yeah, when you don't have tools and you don't have, that's why, that's why visibility is so important. So you could see a future and I didn't see a future. Mm. So I thought death, but at the same time, like maybe seconds after the morbid thoughts, I also thought to myself, problem solve.
0: Is that natural for you? Like, are you that person? The problem solver? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think black folks are problem solvers. Like we are, um, we do that. Like we've learned that that's kind of, you know, what identify the problem and then figure out a solution. What is the trauma then grow out of trauma. I don't think it's, you think that's a black folk trick.
0: I know a lot of black folks that are problem causers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. you're, You're messing it
1: up for sure.
0: I'm just saying. I think Black women in particular are, I mean, we've even been forced to be that, right? Like in terms of our professional access in history, it's like we've always kind of been expected to be the ones to solve.
1: And I'd say you're right about like the the Black female aspect because, like, when you look at the growth in the Black community, like, we're talking about HBCUs, talking about Black churches, we're talking about so like these institutions and communities and wealth growth is is literally the result of black female um feminist um problem ingenuity, solving ingenuity and
0: innovation right.
1: even art right so like I, nothing mm. nothing inherently bad about masculinity but the but overdosing right now on on masculine approaches and so when you see real growth and real problem solving usually have a real feminine approach in there and most likely a real feminine black approach. So I do think that I learned problem solving from the, my family and the, the, you know, the generations that came before me. Um, so I was thinking about that, like, OK, what's the problem here? Well, I thought death is the problem. Death is something I want to get out of the way. So I just said, OK, let me take a Malcolm Gladwell approach to this and spend okay. 10,000 hours trying to figure out, trying to master something I don't know. Okay. So that's how I got into the LGBTQAI plus community. I was like, let me just go deep into this because it's my blind spot. And that blind spot is not allowing me to even see my own kid. So that's, you know, I just started Googling and reading and talking and sitting in on conversations for 10 years. I've been doing it. And now, you know, this, this is me. This is my, this is my community.
0: (laughs) Well, and in the midst of that, you wrote books, you know, which is different. Like it's, it's one thing to just immerse and that's beautiful and necessary. It's another thing to then add to the canon, right? So that the next mother who is in the same situation of panic, now they have a resource that's right there at their hands that they may not, that they may not have to do as much Googling to get to as you did. Right. Yeah.
1: Cause the Googling can also f- fuck you up too. It's like, you'll get all kinds of, of, of misinformation, dangerous misinformation. Right. And I remember seeing like disease and sickness and, you know, conversion therapy, all kinds of stuff that if you are not solid, you will veer off the path and it'll be even crazier. So I, yeah, I wrote some books. I wrote a, an adult <laughs> book, a memoir about my experience being, cisgender and narrow-minded, and then expanding uh, the way I think and my behavior because of my kid, but not necessarily just for him, for myself too. So I wrote a book about my my transformation, and then I wrote that for children because so there's
0: the bold world, yes. which is your transformation, and mm-hmm. then for kids there's Born Ready.
1: Yeah, because you know the 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 topic of gender for adults is like I said, full of death and sadness and confusion and people want to, you know, it's disruptive for adults to think differently. So we always have struggle in that story, but kids are really struggling with this. And I didn't want to bring old ideas to new minds. So I just had my kids talk in the children's book. It's really their voices. And they were like triumphant, happy. The trans kid wins the gold medal. You know, everyone is just doing their thing. And it's set in Brooklyn. Um, Black kids, you know, changing for the ones that they love, simply put.
0: I mean, I think there's... I want to get to the politics of this Mm -hmm. at some point, but within our community, I don't even want to call it politics. I think within our community, it's ignorance. Mm -hmm. It's, um, It's stigma, and it's a... There's an unlearning that has to be done in order to truly embrace our full black community and everyone who is in it, regardless of, you know, their sexual orientation, regardless of how they identify as in, in gender, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just curious, in your opinion, like, what what are ways you feel like we can continue to do that work of unlearning? Practice. Oh,
1: well, yeah, there's two things. is the unlearning which really is just shutting is, is, is deciding that we don't know. You Mm -hmm. know, this whole thing about like, man, I think, honestly, I think a lot of the world's evils start from mansplaining, like men deciding that they have the answer or or have to come up with the final answer. And Mm -hmm. all of us have taken on that approach. Like, Oh, I know the answer or there is an answer. Right. And, and, and so we have to, the first step of unlearning is saying, I don't have the answer. I don't know it all. Right? There's a question mark. Let that question mark sit. Let that question mark, that gap between what is and what you know be there. First point, right? Then it's like uh, uh, gathering some information from the right sources. Um, we probably aren't going to get the right information from politicians because politicians want votes. They want money. Um, we probably yeah. won't get that information um, from the news. I just, I rarely see the news covering my son who's trans accurately, like conceptually, like it may sound right. If you watch the news, if you don't know any trans people, but when you know someone who's trans or if you are trans, you're like, they're getting it all wrong. So I would say, what are
0: some ways, what are some ways you would say that they're they're getting it wrong?
1: Language, which is important. Um, So people say, Oh, so you had a girl who changed into a boy and that sounds like we've done some sort of magic. (laughs) We've done some like, you worked a root. (laughs) We worked a root, right. We did something really like against the the natural being or God, if however you want to call it, you know, which is not, I mean, I don't have that ability. Don't want that ability. Essentially I haven't done anything to my child other than what I've done to myself. I've changed my language. I've said he, instead of she, um, I've, um, My, you know, my son wears mostly jerseys, sports jerseys. Now I don't try to put, you know, like other things. Yeah. I let him choose his own stuff. So it's like, the language is important. This is not a girl who switched into a boy. This is a person who I thought was a girl because I was looking at the body and is actually always was the boy. So there's science in this as well, right? Like people say, well, you can't just say that child is a boy. But if you look at the science and that's part of the investigation that I did, the brain determines a lot of who you, of your gender. It's not your fallopian tubes. It's not your gonads. It's not your breasts. It's just not. Like we think if you have breasts in a uterus, you're a woman. Some people have um, breasts and a penis. I mean, I got to the, to the nitty gritty of it. The body does not determine the gender identity. There's so many forms of the body um, that don't fit into male or female. Um, and so, you know what I mean? So like, so if, if I have to really break it down, I'm like, I have we have to look at language. We have to start making our language more expansive. We have to look at science. Most people don't even want to get that far into it and then say, we just don't, we didn't know enough about science, but now there's more information to show that the human body, the human experience is really complex. It actually is not just two options or one of two options. It's not just male or female. I, I, people don't want to hear that. And it's really like, if you look at anything in nature, there's not a binary description. You can't say the ocean is either shallow or deep. You can't say a tree is either like tall or short humans aren't just a male or a female version. So hard for people to get that concept. It took me, you know, I'm still thinking about it, but the reality is everything in human or everything in nature is very nuanced. Um, and so what the, the general public isn't getting is that we have tried to put people into either one of two boxes, male or female, and it doesn't always fit.
0: Right, because constructs are not necessarily, because uh, constructs by nature are only are they- made, like they only serve whoever, it, whatever it's meant to serve. And that doesn't need, that that, that literally doesn't, care about inclusivity it just clears about it's like whiteness like whiteness is a construct that can be shape-shifted as it sees fit to include whoever it wants and why not
1: right why why not um allow someone this is the real thing for me it's like I don't actually understand the full science around the brain or gender but that's okay (laughs) I don't understand the science around aspirin or Advil, but I use it, but I need it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, like, I haven't had my I don't need my kids to just to prove to me anything mm-hmm. at this point. I just don't need him to prove it.
0: And so just many people me. require that. Like, I need you to explain to me. And it's like, well, first of all, who the fuck is you? Yeah. So that's always my I'm like, I just don't know who you are that you feel to judge like this, right? yeah. I just I don't um I mean I think there's a certain level of transparency that comes with intimacy but that's also earned and you know that's a space that has to be created with trust and yeah. I feel like you know that's the case with everyone right mm-hmm. like that's not just like a specific trans interaction For like sure. Trust yeah. is a space built with everyone. There's not you don't go on a date and tell everyone everything about all the things, et cetera, et cetera. And when you do, you nine times out of ten end up like, mm, that was not the best decision. I, I
1: did want to do that. And the funny, you know, I mean, the funny thing is like, I get asked to speak on gender and race a lot, and I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a politician. I'm a mom, right? And I'm an author. And so my perspective is really based on my experience um, and this capacity as a mother to see past um, science. It's really not what mothers do. We don't say the science behind each kid and therefore I'm gonna do this step and that step with my kids based on science. We really, the the what mothers have come here to do is to see past science, to see past politics, to see past um, those things that tend to divide. And problem solve, figure out a path forward, keep the family alive, keep the family together and move forward to whatever those goals are of the shared community. And so I don't have all the answers around what we do uh, when you're 50 years old and trans, right? Because I'm not an expert in this, but what I do know is when I'm raising a kid who's 11, 12, 13 and trans, I need the schools to be aware Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you can't discriminate. I need bullying to be prevented so my kid can learn and not be suicidal. I need doctors to to care for my kid. I need to be able to walk into a doctor's office and have them care for my child. Um, You know, and I need some privacy because we're not talking about sex right now in my house. I mean, we're not having sex, right? My children aren't having sex right now. Um, and so I don't need to be, I don't have some, I don't have those answers for you right now about like, <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: Let I, we get I, there, I'm, I'm, s- what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Like well, you're in well,
1: process. I'm, I'm in process. And I thought about it. Yes. But I'm not here to like, to, 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 to speak on that right now. What I'm speaking on right now is, um, you know, and this will take us into what you were bringing up earlier. Like there's so many folks that are really trying to, um, bully my bully kids.
0: Well, you look at the don't say gay bill in Florida. I mean, even, you know, before Mike Pence was vice president, he was passing legislation in Indianapolis that said, "Yeah, if you want to discriminate against gay folks, it's fine." You know, mm-hmm. we look at Texas and just I mean, their whole existence.
1: Texas as a as a whole unit is just is is um is funky, but like so you've got and you and you think it's just Texas and Florida, but it's Georgia. I mean, it's it is going, it's spreading this sort of like extremist perspective mm-hmm. is spreading. And I think, and the primaries are coming up, so people are gearing up and they're hitting yeah. hard in the areas that are most confusing so that they can drum up votes, scared votes, right? Um, but I think it's like, we're looking at over 300 anti-LGBTQIA plus bills. About 200 of those are anti-trans and anti-education, like learning. yeah. So we're looking at a lot of bills that are complicated, intricate webs of uh, manipulation on some basic human rights. Um, And people don't really understand the the magnitude. It's more than ever before. The like the severity and the magnitude of these bills are more than they were last year and the year before. It's alarming because we're talking and they're directed at kids, mostly black and brown kids by the way.
0: Well, and so that's my curiosity too. How, where is the, when you say these bills are directed at black and, brown, black and brown kids, in which way is that made clear? So this is something
1: I found out when I was doing a lot of research in my Malcolm Gladwell phase. Um, black folks actually over-index in the LGBTQAI space. So can you explain
0: was- over-index? Because I had yeah. to look up over-index the other day because my mom was like, what does this mean? I was like, I, you know what? I, the context clues ain't taking me there. So can you please yeah. just give a quick little like...
1: So basically when there were, you know, when there's a study like who identifies, like how do you identify? Do you identify as LGBTQIA plus? Black hands were raised more frequently. So there are okay. more folks who are black and brown that say I identify as LGBTQIA plus within that So, and most, you know, and I don't know if that's the perception that that everyone has, but if you're looking at numbers, and I actually don't give a fuck about data and numbers because usually there's not enough data to prove anything that a Black woman is saying. Like, nobody wants to hear the data that I'm saying. It's never going to prove my point, but I'm going to use it in this moment briefly and then we can just move on. When you look at the LGBTQAI plus community, whether you want to believe it or not, there's a lot of Black and Brown folks in that community.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We don't necessarily... Um march in the LGBT marches. We don't necessarily go to the conferences. We don't necessarily, but look at church. I mean, look at our HBCs. We have, we don't throw, throw away our LGBTQAI plus people. We just say don't talk about it. Don't bring it to church. Do what you gotta do. Don't bring it in your mama's house but we are of the community that is LGBTQAI plus. So when people are putting laws that work against the LGBT community into action, they're really wrangling black folks and Brown folks and poor folks and moving us out the way so that they can do white folks, rich folks business. Yes. And it is uh, another way of just classifying people like the way the project's will group a bunch of people and put them in a location and they just put them there. The LG, like the anti lgbtqai plus bills are just a form of, 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 rounding up people that they don't want to be active in society and detaining them. And it's a fact, I mean, you know, it's hard for some people to equate LGBTQ plus with, Black liberation,
0: which is beyond my scope of comprehension. Sometimes it's so easy
1: for me. It's because just basic.
0: Look, it's
1: basic. If you read James Baldwin, take James Baldwin, and if you read The Fire Next Time, classic book. Yeah, he talks about uh, black folks and the state of affairs right in the sixties. Right. Take every time he says "negro" and just transfer transgender on top of "negro." I'm not comparing black folks and trans folks. I'm comparing oppression. Right, because you
0: know that's where somebody's in the car right now like, it's not the
1: same thing. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. But what you want to compare is oppression. That shit plays out the same. Oppression of women, of blacks, when you look at the, the art of the story, it smells the same. It plays out the same. You get a lot of death. You get a lot of profit from some folk. You get a lot of rewriting of stories that benefit a small group of people, always white men.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And the rest of us are separated. So I'm telling you just spend some t- just spend some time with trying tra- one trans person <laughs> like find, the- find a tra- go and <laughs> widen widen your friend group because I bet I bet most of us listening don't have trans friends or loved ones that we interact with and that shame on us. So if you could f- if you decide that this is something you want to learn more about, you can start with a person who's trans. And then you'll understand very, in a gut way, that these laws are bullshit. They don't make sense to the person, to the person. And then you'll see that oppression is literally the same shit played over and over again, decade after decade. Switch in the person, switch in the scary person, whether it's a nigger or a trans or a whatever fill in the blank of the quote unquote scary terminology, mm-hmm. and you'll see the same people profiting. Kind of simple.
0: as we watch these primaries come and these bills come, you know, I know the, the question that a lot of people are always asking is, okay, so then what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do?
1: <laughs> vote people out, vote Abbott out of Texas. I mean, vote hard. Um, lobbying is expensive. So these bills are intricate. Like I said, they're over 300 and organizations have to lobby against them. You have to go almost door to door to your, elected officials and persuade them. Otherwise that's complicated and that costs money. So if you've got money donated to folks that are really lobbying well, um, Now the see, chair. that's a
0: thing I didn't even know about. Yeah. These are, I feel like, like I only know about lobbyists when it retain when it pertains to like oil and, you know, <laughs> gun, yeah. you know, gun country, you know, the NRA, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like right, I never so I hear about it. it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I didn't hear about it either. I started lobbying as a mom who was raising a trans kid to really persuade our elected officials to understand where the the law, where the bills are dangerous and where the bills are helpful, mm-hmm. which bills are dangerous and which bills are helpful. So I would go office to office, um, speaking to elected officials, explaining not from a political perspective but from a mom's perspective, like um what it means to keep my kid alive, how these medical decisions um would cause death in my family or could cause success in my family, right? Um so that and that, you know, so lobbying is is a is a way to what what we what can we do? We can how would you sign- well how
0: would you even get those meetings?
1: So their organizations, I mean, it's a good question, right? Like do we just go knock on like <laughs> <Right>. Jeffrey's door?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey Jeff, doing? hey hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, what's good? I gotta talk to you about something, man. Listen. <laughs> in silence, Um, but okay. So
1: like the the human rights campaign, which is not an organization I ever knew before, but it is one that I work with daily. The human rights campaign is our largest LGBT human rights organization in the world. I'm the chair of our foundation and I lobby with the human rights campaign. Oh, We've got a $60 million plus budget to go and fight against these bills. We've got a strategy in our we have a strategy that we develop from you know the help of the board and the, the, the staff, political experts. We have a strategy that that is attacking these bills and working with elected officials that are pro-equality and getting things passed that help all of us, families, individuals, right mm-hmm. communities. So I'm not an expert, but the human rights campaign is an expert. And I just have to call them up and say, how do I get involved? Um, or if I don't have time to actually be on the ground, I can say, where do my dollars go? I want my dollars to go towards, you know, programs. Some people want programs. I want my dollar to hit families that are raising trans kids, or I want my dollars to hit political activity, activity, like lobbying. So we, you know, we do both. We, We are, this is getting complex. We're a C3 and a C4. We do programs that hit families and communities and we do political work. We get presidents elected.
0: <laughs> you know, you office. you said it's getting complex, but honestly, we have to get more complex. Yeah. Like honestly, like you, I think we ask a lot of times, like, what can we do? But we really only learn the surface. You just taught me something in this moment right now, <laughs> you know, that there's different. I have been seeing 501c3. And like, what's that? For no, that's the problem. I've never said what's that. I've never asked, is there a C4? Is there a CB4? Because I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm black and I'm black. I've never asked that question. And here you are like, yeah, we do C3 and C4. I'm like, oh, bring it back And you know class. how I learned that?
1: I didn't know that. I didn't. I, it took me a minute to learn that as well, like 45 years, minute. Um, <laughs> I joined the board of HRC. Um, and then I became the chair of the foundation board.
0: So you're and an overachiever. So, that's another thing that I feel like we need to point out. <laughs> like that's it. Are you a Virgo? Like this just seems. No, I'm I'm Leo Virgo. Uh, See? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's the combination for a leader.
1: Yeah. You know, it's scary because I'm doing things I've never done before. I don't, I'm not, not, um, I've always said like, don't get confused by rich white people. Don't get confused by politics. Don't waste your time. They're both mercurial. And I don't mean that like I don't have any white friends or I don't vote. Of course, I do all those things. But I don't, there were years when I was like, you know what, politics is just a waste of time if you get into it on the granular level. And then I joined the board and I'm asked to do things I've never done before. But I realized there's a lot of information being passed on these boards, passed Mm -hmm. around, shared. There's a lot of um, influence. Yes. I've met with presidents past. Presidents, presidents just got elected. I've been elected officials. I've sat, I've determined, helped to determine $60 million. Is it going to black and brown people? Is it going to just gay men? Is it going to all of the people who need? Like, these are things that most of us don't uh, do. And it's not like it's necessary for all of us to be in the boardroom, but I'd like to see you in my boardroom, Amanda. I would. I would like to see some black women, um, whether you are LGBTQAI plus or not, just care enough because you're smart sitting in that boardroom making decisions that are really affecting
0: this community which is vastly black and brown and women. Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying I'm smart. I honestly <laughs> feel like I've only just now reached the age of boardrooms. Uh, yeah. um, I think <laughs> that there was like, like, the idea of boards always felt so ivory tower. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea, right? They, that, that's what they do. They make you feel like, well, there's only certain kinds of people that sit in these positions. Um, we had Cori Bush on the show and it was great because she was like, you know, they make you think that only white men who go to Harvard get to be politicians. And that's just not the case. Like it really is about who cares enough to, you know, go the distance and commit And, um, so that's something we can definitely talk about because I, I know that I am, I am now at a point in my life where I'm trying to really get to the understanding. And we've been having a lot of these conversations on this podcast, really trying to get to the understanding of what is the inner workings of change? You know, Mm -hmm. we talk about it, we want it, we, you know, we can determine where it needs to happen, but I think a lot of us have been very asleep at the wheel in understanding the actual intricacies of change, the complexities of change per se. It's closing gaps.
1: That's what I've seen. It's Change happens when you close gaps. Some of these gaps are not closable, but a lot of these gaps that we have are closable gaps. And that takes, um, you know, a specific type of finesse. It does not necessarily take um, a skin color or a bank account, but it takes... Um, a finesse to close gaps. And so what I've noticed is change happens when you've got a problem solving uh, perspective mixed with a a, 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 a a gap that's not so wide between you and the other person. So like if relatability Compassion, I guess you can call that, right? Yeah. In order for for change to happen, you've got to be um have you have to have compassion, and you have to have a problem solving motive mind where you're just seeing all the components, not just me versus them, but all the components as if you're taking a bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. That's why I think women have this capacity to change, um, because we have a, a ability to see all of the components as if they were us, hmm. not necessarily. Um, throwing daggers at other people that are different from us. I don't see that as much in female feminine culture. I think we have a bird's eye perspective where we can um, have compassion for things, problem solve things. We're smart. I, you know, it's not just talk. You can't just talk about what the problem looks like. Can't talk about, you know, a lot of people are talking about the problem. What does it look like?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's a certain le- there's a certain step to that in the sense that I also then find myself amazed at how many people are like, "Wow, I didn't know that that was a problem," right? So there's a certain there is a certain level of value to actually verbalizing things yeah. because a lot of folks are simply just not abreast. Uh, but then there's another step, and you know, folks like you and organizers that are really on the ground are making those steps in ways that I think. A lot of folks don't think it is their responsibility to support. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. Like when you were naming ways in which you can support. So C3 means what? What's the difference between C3 and C4?
1: So C4 is political work and C3 is like um, programmatic work, programs and um, that hit communities. So we separate uh, legally. You have to separate and where your dollar, how your dollars, uh, where your dollars go and how they're spent has to be, has to be you know, there's an intricate way of separating the two. So C3 are the programs and C4 is the political work.
0: Got you. And yeah. I mean, am I wrong in assuming that most programs are typically C3? I feel like I don't really know of C4 as... I think you're right about, you're right about that. <laughs> right? Think, like, I'm just like, yeah. I don't... Right. So you're not,
1: so we're not running political programs. We're running, we're raising money to help C4 raises money. And I, look, I'm a, I'm a novice at this. So my friends over at HRC are going to be laughing at me when they hear me talk about <laughs> it. Cause I probably
0: talk about like a two-year-old would speak about adult things, but that's, but <laughs> that's how it needs to get broken down. So this right. is exactly the level that I don't oh, know. I, I, anyone listening? I don't know about y'all, but this is the, we are at my level right now. So I will be the two-year-old. I'm listening intently. In your pre-K class. So we've got um, if you don't donate money to C4, right, through C4
1: uh work, you are going to be um you that money is going to be used to help officials get elected. Yes. Uh, that money will be used for lobbying. And that money will be used for bills that we support, like pro-equality bills and against the hate bills. You can only donate but so much to a campaign. You can only you can't just like, you know. And then the C, so that's why C4 is very regulated because right. you can't, you don't want billionaires putting billions of dollars into politics. How funny is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. Um, so it's, it's quote unquote regulated, but then C3, which is programs, like I've got this, pro, we've got programs at HRC that um, help families raising trans kids, help schools understand what it means to be trans and help them support um,
0: and when you yeah, say help, what does that look like? Is it, is it housing? Is it like, what? what so teaching. This- so, so like we've, so
1: the different levels, we have um, a program that goes into schools all over the nation to help educators understand what LGBTQAI plus means, and then help teachers uh, be able to teach better, teach inclusivity, teach responsibility, teach acceptance. So we have programs that go into schools to teach, like, what is this all about? And we have programs that go into the trans community, help um, folks under, you know, learn to economic growth. Um, we have programs that help smaller organizations expand because there are a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing the work. They just need more funding. They need more learning on how to grow the organization. So we the
0: finesse. Partner.
1: The finesse. We partner with um, some smaller organizations that are working really well in the trans community. Um so, you know, so like growth and building, capacity building, strategic strategic uh, collaborations. Um, you know, my child is a teenager and there was a time when I just needed other parents that were raising young kids to talk to. Um, because you when you feel alone, you don't know how to proceed in life. And so there are programs that just bring families together um, and we meet in conferences. We meet um, on Zooms. Those are small things, but they are monumental in terms of building confidence for a mother. Um, You know, there was a time when I just was over my, in over my head, and now I'm pretty comfortable (laughs) with the family that I have. And so like those, but those types of things where you talk about bringing thousands of people together they cost money so those are programs to bring folks together to build community around being black and trans um, that we support
0: well speaking of support we actually have a a segment on the show called The Script where we give folks just, we prescribe, so to speak, some other additional materials that folks can check out to, you know, get some more insight and extend their, their conversation, extend this conversation. Um, so I know that one folks need to check out The Bold World, uh, you. your memoir. Also for the kids, there's Born Ready. Uh, but are there any other... And it can be books, it can be documentaries, it can be folks to follow, any other spaces and places that you feel like folks can look into to expand their point of view um, yeah. and their insight on what we're talking about right here.
1: Yes. Thank you for, mentioning, for asking and for mentioning. I, I also want to say um, my book, The Bold World, Alice Walker said it was marvelous. I just wanted to put that out there.
0: Yeah, you have to. You <laughs> because have Alice to. Walker is marvelous herself. Um, <laughs> Um, how did that how did that interaction happen how did you find out I I sent her the book
1: and she read it and then she blurbed it and I just that was the pull the pull word all I needed to see here was that marvelous um but she read it and and I you know I, I, I of course I know of her work and I know her in terms of her impact and I sat in the Brooklyn Museum in the audience and I listened to Alice Walker speak several years back and I raised my hand and it was time to ask questions and I asked her what we can do, what she can do and what women can do to support LGBTQI plus folks. And she, her, her answer was just so profound. And she just said, listen, say yes, <laughs> find mm-hmm. a yes, just listen first. And then just find the yes. There are a million reasons to say no, find a yes. Um, Because these are mothers, these are sisters, these are siblings, these are loved ones that we're talking about. They're not abstract people. So find a yes. And so because her answer was so profound for me and so simple, I just sent her the book. I got it to her and she she got it. Um,
0: That's fabulous. That's marvelous.
1: That's marvelous. What? Okay, where can we go to get information?
0: Um, Because wait, while you're thinking about that, I just want to wax poetic on this. You know, I think... Some folks might be like, well, why would you even talking to Alice Walker about this? Because in The Color Purple, the film, you know, Celie is not presented as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Like she, there's a definite glossing over. It's more seen as like, Suge Avery is just seeing her as a person versus that there is an actual romantic interest between the two versus seeing her as an actual love interest. Whereas in the book, it is very clear and it is very, um, I think provocative for the time. Right. And When we look at other works by Alice Walker and her womanism, uh, because she's not a feminist, she's a womanist, she definitely has made LGBTQIA+, a consistent theme that threads throughout her writing, even if we haven't seen it in the expanded versions of her work.
1: I think it's really important to look at our Black um, people (laughs) for answers. You know, a lot of people say, don't like the black community is all fucked up around this topic. And I don't, I mean, I, that's just not where I, I'm not, I'm not going to stop there. So I look to Alice Walker. I look to Morrison. I look to Roxanne Gay. I look to Malcolm Glad, Malcolm Gladwell. I look to um, James Baldwin folks who have thought about a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and find I try to find answers in, in their work and you know, it is, um, it would be silly not to look for inspiration from some of the greatest minds. I mean, I find inspiration in, um, Lil Wayne. I find inspiration in, I mean, I have this running list in my phone of like lyrics that make me think about things past the lyric. So that's a whole nother thing, but you know, Alice Walker, people who sit and write, for decades have so much information and it might be off script to what you're specifically getting at, but you can find answers. So, you know, as much as we listen to music, we should be looking at our black writers because there's so much freaking information in there um, about adulting. We were talking about adulting before we pressed record, but mm-hmm. if you want to figure out how to adult and put all this shit together and connect the dots and make it to the next day, and move the dial forward for yourself and your family, and not forget taxes, and not forget people. <laughs> right, 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 right. Then I'm telling you, go back to some of the greatest minds, um, read some books. I know it's tedious to read, but but come on, read some books. You'll, you'll, read. you'll figure out I mean, out some you're
0: you're reading me right now. You're reading me in a very <laughs> calm, um, non-hostile way. You are. You are very much reading me to the bone because that is definitely something I feel like you, you said it. You're like, I know reading books is tedious and it's like, ah, you're right. There's no way around it though.
1: And you could just pick up two, like five pages. You know what I mean? Honestly, I mean, these people are so smart and thoughtful. You could go into five pages of a Baldwin book. It's true. And 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 figure and, and have an answer to something.
0: Yes, it so, is true. It is yeah. true. And, and, you know, the same... I feel like with your work, you know, because so much of what you're talking about is uncharted waters for so many folks. And,
1: but also, you know, like Amanda, like if, if, if we don't see this LGBTQAI thing as a Black thing, it's going to eat us up. The whole system is going to implode on us. We are going to be swallowed up by it. And I'm not being like dramatic. If we don't connect the dots between, LGBT, LGBTQI plus liberation, Black liberation, women's liberation. Guess who's going to suffer? Black families. Um, so we can say for for a we can make a long list of the reasons why it doesn't make sense. But for what point? Just to say no and watch people die, people in your family die, people in your community die, and we're talking millions, by the way, of trans people. It's not a handful. So if millions of people are under attack just by dominoes and by numbers alone, we're all going to feel it. It, There's no way that you're going to be safe from or away from the attack of trans people because it literally will affect all the communities, all the families. So figure out a place to connect yourself to the LGBTQAI movement. Um, Figure out a yes read some of the most prolific black minds because well, we got, what we got kind about. of
0: sidetracked because I sidetracked us around coming around <laughs> some uh, resources, some, um, some additional resources. Okay, here we go. Oh,
1: um, I feel like there's, you mean like specifically for families or just, if you want to pick up a book and read, what do you, what do you need me to
0: give you? I need me, I need you to give me whatever, whatever you feel like. It's helpful. What was that? Say it again. Anything that's helpful. I, I'm trying to yeah. figure out
1: where where I go these days. Um, okay, so there's the Human Rights Campaign (HRC). Um, there's a place called the Ackerman Institute, um, the Gender and Family Project at the Ackerman Institute, um, and that specifically works with families raising trans kids. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. You guys can. Can message me at any time. I break down questions all the time for folks, um, and try to answer some of the most basic, like ways, most basic questions. Try to get people just to kind of you know, find a yes. I, I, I wish I had a list right now.
0: <laughs> I usually, I usually ask people this at the beginning. But um, if you do think of any others. Please send to Rebecca because we will uh, feature the extended and complete ver- the complete list of uh, this episode's script on my Patreon, which is something that we're going to be starting. Uh, so those of you who are listening, you know, you know, you do, you do have extended release on Patreon. We're also going to be offering the script on Patreon. So you'll be getting not only the materials that are provided by our fabulous guests, but we'll be giving you even more in addition to that because we want to make sure that folks really get the opportunity to take these conversations to another level. So look out for that. Um Jody, you know I I think there's something really unique about you in the sense that you said that it create it it requires finesse to close these gaps. You have a very for, well from this podcast, it feels like you have a very like quiet thunder about you. <laughs> um, you know, I don't have finesse. Like no, you <laughs> I don't you got a loud thunder. I don't yeah. have that. I'm like What's <laughs> happening? You know, and I saw a quote the other day from uh, Rumi, you know, the 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 scholar, spiritual spiritual scholar, and it said something I'm paraphrasing, but it said something to the effect of like, um, don't make your words louder, make more words, flowers grow with rain, not with thunder. And I was like, oh yeah, that's effective. So that's yeah. also something y'all can take with you for your arguments because- <laughs>
1: I mean, this is, for, you know, it is, I, I tried Loud Thunder. And if you're a mom of multiple kids, I have five in my house. Um, you just get to a point where you're like, I'm I'm just screaming, I'm just smacking, I'm just slamming and I'm, I'm demanding and the dial's not moving. Right. So it, I really burnt out with the heavy-handed approach and there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to be heavy handed, a lot of like, you know, things that p- push your buttons to be heavy handed in this world. And I tried that, but it didn't serve me in the end. And so what, that's just the stage that I'm in. I love, I love the way you do your thing and I respect it and Thanks. you cut through a lot of the bullshit and a lot of the noise. Um, And, and I respect exactly how you do it. Um, and I also have to, my high blood pressure was like kicking in,
0: mm-hmm. honestly.
1: At 52, mm-hmm. like my doctor was like, what's your plan B? Because this A is not
0: working. Right.
1: Lower my blood pressure. Go 50 more years with my kids. Realize that some gaps aren't going to be closed. Mm-hmm. Figure out the ones you want to close that are essential to close so that your people, i.e. my five kids can live, right, um, peacefully. So I think it's, it's a, it's a, it is a thunder, perhaps it is quiet, perhaps, but honestly, it's just my primary goal is to stay alive on a, on a fundamental, (laughs) this woman level. Right, 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 right. I'm like, I'm trying to live through the work that I do. And so I got my water. I got my meditation. Yes.
0: Your methods. I'm here for it. And we appreciate you. And I'm just so glad we were able to share the work that you're doing and your voice and your uh, your books with my audience. This is a very active audience. Like these listeners here, they be writing, take, taking notes. When I see people on Instagram, like, you know, I took notes on this podcast. I'm like, oh, y'all are over here. These are lectures. Uh, we're doing workshops. Okay. Uh, I like that, people who take notes. The I love it. Yeah. Because they come back for more. They come back. You know, they synthesize, they process things, and ultimately, uh, they are, there's a curiosity about that that I feel like is essential to really, like, pushing things forward, right? And um, And so, to your point, you know, we got to become more curious about folks that are not like us, and I appreciate you, and thank you so much for joining us here on Small Doses with your Potent Truths.
1: Thank you so much. I had a good morning with you. Good afternoon with you. Good evening with you. It's
0: five o'clock. <laughs> ah, you in the East. I yeah. thought it was like
1: 12 in the afternoon. But Amanda, honestly, I was a little intimidated because you moved like with rapid speed. And
0: I move with thought, rapid speed?
1: What you do? do you mean? You cover so much ground in like 30 seconds. You, your brain is like fast fire. And, um, you know, and, and and so it's like a 50-year-old keeping up with a 30-year-old no. in a race.
0: <laughs> I'm 41. <laughs> okay, okay. I was in July. exaggerating a little bit. I'm 41 um, in July. <laughs> no, because you know, in was, this space, I'm learning from you. So mm-hmm. I can't be fast-paced, you know? Yeah. Like, I have to be receptive. I have to be a listener. I'm not dr- – I'm. I mean, I'm – steering the ship, but based on your waves. I like that. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, no, thank you. And so much of my like fast pace is by nature of just like, I've been in spaces where if I want to be included, I need to be able to very concisely get a point across. Um, And very rarely is the point I'm trying to get across able to be
1: expressed in like
0: one little thing, right? So when I was doing VH1 and I was like on a show called Best Week Ever and doing all these talking head stuff, it wasn't political per se, but for me, everything is political. So like, Mm -hmm. everything has a bigger, and for me, just black, like pop culture for black folks is not just like, it's not the same as it is for other spaces. Like it's very disposable in other spaces for black folks. Like pop culture oftentimes is just as legitimate. Like Claire Huxtable- Yep. Claire Huxable is very real. Okay. <laughs> she, is mother. she is mother. She's mother. Yes. <laughs> like she's, yeah. you know, not just a character that we're like, Oh, that was, she's not Monica on friends. Right. Like because That's because of what, what black people
1: do, what you see in the, you know, our stories are, are, are based in it's how our, our, we have been um, silence for so long that what, when we get a chance to create something and put story to screen, we tell it from the depth of us. I mean, mm-hmm. we, are, we are This is not imaginary. Octavia Butler is still telling science fiction, but it's still she's still telling stories that matter to us. It's a—it's an underground language. It is a, a true language. It is a coded language, um, but it's very real, right? Yes. It's very real. I don't, we don't have time to like make shit up. We don't need to make shit up. We've done so much.
0: Like, jolly. We, 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 we no. got to get it out, you know, so, mm-hmm. but I, so that's why I'm like a lot of times like pop, 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 pop. And then now you have like these social media apps and it's like, if you're really trying to get people to hear something, yeah. can you deliver it in 60 seconds? Say it quickly. <laughs> like, can you hit the points? Can you tap? You know, it's like, it's like a, um like a Kung Fu you know, death grip, like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like, can you hit the pressure points and take them out? But so. honestly, I think, I think you
1: should think about, I mean, I'm telling you now what you should do with your life, um, as if, but I hope that you, that when you have time to think about, um, board work institutions, um, that in some way touch you. So it could be like the Brooklyn museum board, or, you know, I don't know what you're located in LA, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it could be a social justice organization. I think you should think about, and we should be thinking about, Black women should be thinking about decision making in the boardroom level, because one, there are budgets and those budgets have to be directed. What communities are going to get that money, the benefit of that money, right? That's a question that we should be answering. Um, what language will be used in these cultural contexts, right? That's a question we should be answering the language that goes on for the next decade. We should be answering that. Um, how are families going to be seen and supported by these institutions? We should be answering them. So we, and, and I did not know this, but a lot of those answers are coming out of the boardrooms, you know, boardrooms right. of cultural institutions. So it may sound like, how do how the hell do I sit on a board? I don't know. Figure out which institutions you use, you like, the, big, the biggest, the biggest ones. And then ask your friends, you know anybody on these boards? Like, that's how, you know, that's how I do things. Do you know anyone who does this? Do you know anyone who sits there? Do you know anyone who's attached to? And it might take five years, but we need to be on more boards. We do.
0: Okay. I've been given an assignment. Y'all know <laughs> when I'm given an assignment, I I I rise to the occasion. I know exactly the person I'm about to call. <laughs> well, call me too. Shit. <laughs> Listen, That's I said, I, I mean, I, I definitely will be hitting you up, but I know exactly. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, look out for a call when I'm okay. looking for some boards. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Avenue, a podcast